Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to Future CEOs. My name is Gareth Armstrong. It's great to be with you today. As per usual, what are we doing today? We're going to be talking about expediting the growth of your business. We have a uh, someone who was in studio a couple of weeks ago, and, and they used a phrase, that, and we said to them, okay, we have to have you back to explain what this is all about I'm going to try your name again, because uh, I know I can say Selo, but that's ah. not really how you say your name. We, it's Selo. It's Selo, that's correct. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm getting better. Uh, welcome back into the Future CEO studio. It's good to be with you again. Uh, we're talking about chasing profit this, uh, today. I, 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 but you used a, a very interesting phrase in the last conversation we had. Just, just refresh our memories, please. Well, that's okay. Sure. Thanks for having me again, um, Gareth. I think what, look, um, there's, um, I mean, there's a very huge difference between, um, revenue and, uh, and profits. Mm. And, uh, what you normally find in, 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 in the tech world, especially is that, um, sometimes it takes quite a while to, to actually start generating revenue mm-hmm. and it even takes longer, you know, to start generating a, Profit. Yeah, I, I want to jump in here very quickly because I've looked at a number of articles in preparation to this conversation, and uh, some of the the broad strokes here: should start, startups actually care about profitability? That's one of the the headlines here from from someone who is an entrepreneur themselves and now a um, venture capitalist. Um, should your startup prioritize profits over growth? There's another really good question there, and then a, a stat which um, comes from SME South Africa, it says less than a third of Africa's e-com- e-commerce startups are profitable. That's also a very interesting insight there. So uh, this idea of chasing profits, it, I mean, is, is an important thing, but the, the question is, is what is it really? Before we go on, I just want to uh, just thank you again to Coronation. This, this Future CEO's conversation is proudly brought to you by Coronation. So day in and day out, since Coronation started 25 years ago, they've never stopped working to earn your trust and make your money work for you. Coronation, trust is earned. Let's jump back into the conversation, Celo. The But perhaps before we do that, just quickly introduce yourself. Uh, in, in what's your 30 second elevator pitch all right okay my name is Taylor nothing's changed <laughs> and uh, I'm the co-founder and uh, CEO of a digital platform uh, which connects companies to a global network of freelance business professionals and industry experts for project-based work so if ever you wanted to get an expert in uh, well now we can thank you thank, thanks for doing that <laughs> yeah. the statement that you used in our show a couple of weeks ago was you guys have been able you were able to reach revenue positive status in four months yes so you went from a, a point of of starting and, and then it's a very rapid move into generating revenue very quickly just let, let's what we are going to do in the show today is we're going to talk about that sure we want to uncover your process and yes. how you approached it because yes. it's yourself an accountant yes uh, your business partner is a really a, a computer scientist to a certain extent and so you, you yeah. think in a very particular kind of way and we want to learn from you sure so let's let's go all the way back to just starting to reveal the process all right okay um so when we launched, right, the most important thing for us was to essentially make sure that um, we get to the finish line the quickest. Mm. And when we get to the finish line, by that I mean we get our product or service 
to a fee-paying customer. Mm. That's the most important thing. So then we sat down and we said, okay, what does that journey look um, actually looks like? Mm. And then um, what is our customer looking like and how do we get there the quickest? So I want to so, jump in here because what I can see already is a bunch of individuals sitting down together and mapping out a journey, but it's a journey based on assumption. Yes. So were you guys, be honest, Using a lot of assumption here, or how did you how did you assess or qualify this opportunity? Yeah, well, look, I mean, you have to make assumptions, mm. you know, um, before I mean, before you even start, uh, you have to make assumptions. But those assumptions obviously have to be guided. And um, unfortunately, what you cannot do is to make a lot of assumptions, you know, because once you make a lot of assumptions, it means that now you've adopted a bing bang approach or expensive assumptions, perhaps. or expensive assumptions. That's correct. Yeah. So for us, I think um, when we still when we're still setting out the journey, it was quite important for us to actually um, understand, you know, uh, in very simple terms, what would it take us to actually get to a fee-paying customer? And I think a fee-paying customer would inevitably translate into revenue. Mm. And when we say revenue positive, we mean that by uh, at the end of the four, I mean four months of our of our of our operations, we're able to to actually generate um, revenue, which, uh, mean, which meant that we're revenue positive. But but a, a listener is probably listening to this and saying, well, isn't that obvious? You're looking for fee-generating customers. And, sure. and I think the answer to that is no. A lot of people use a different strategy mm. to bring in customers uh, potentially and then try and convert them into fee-paying customers. What, what strategy did you use to do that? Was it a case of this idea of the long tail where you pull in people uh, based on some kind of freemium model and then at a later stage you convert them? How did you go about this? No, no. So we wanted to monetize quite quickly. Mm. You know, um, we wanted to monetize quite quickly because we understood that, you know, we're bootstrapping our, I mean, our company. So it was quite essential that we monetize quite quickly. So, um, I mean, in doing that, we had to make sure that we adopt the simplest approach to get to a fee-paying customer. Mm. And, um, I mean, if you allow me, in terms of the actual details of how we got there, first of all, there's this obsession. Uh, I'm not sure if it's justified or not, but there's this obsession about having a business plan, mm. you know, to get something started. Mm. And um, we don't believe in that. You know, we really don't believe in that. It's but surprising you say that because of your background. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I mean, uh, I'd like to believe that I haven't followed the herd in terms of my background. Mm. Um, I'm quite, um, uh, I mean, I'm quite a risk taker, very mm. calculated risk, of course. Yeah, calculated um, risk is, yes. uh, and and risk is uh, is something that a lot of people shy away from. But sure. calculated risk is yeah. something totally different. It's a different beast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'd like to consider myself as a millennial CA. So when you look at um, when you look at the older generation of CAs, for instance, um, mm. not that I'm taking anything away from them, but You'll find that um, sometimes when it comes to risk appetite, it's a bit, um, I mean, it's a bit lower. Yeah. Exactly. So hence, I say that for us, a business plan was was not was not important. You know, um, for us, um, having a lot of people contribute to what will obviously form part of the end product that we deliver to, or end service rather that we deliver to the fee-paying customer, we made sure that we don't get a lot of people involved. So we did everything ourselves. Mm. That's quite, that's, I mean, that's quite important in order to keep your operations very, very lean. Um, but also, I mean, it's quite important in that you have control, you know, over a lot of variables, whereas mm. if you start involving other people in order to get to the end product, then um, there are variables that sometimes you're not in control of. 
you know. I, so, I think I think what I've also hear you saying is that you you started something in, in an area that you were comfortable with. Sure. So you weren't out there just saying, "Here's a great idea. I'm going to try and implement it," even though I'm, I'm not technically technically uh, up to speed. And you don't have to be. It's not a ten out of ten technical, but sure. maybe a six or a seven out of ten yeah. from a technical perspective. The other thing that I hear. Um, and I w- perhaps want to qualify this this lack of a business plan for mm. to a certain extent is that of course you're also in the digital space, mm. and so what that translates into is that there are low overheads. It's not capital intensive, and so uh, I think let's qualify it that way. It's just so that our listeners, yeah. if they're trying to start something that requires a lot of capital, they have to get funding from a large institution. Yeah. They can't walk in there and have no business plan. No, no, sure, definitely. I mean, uh, have, not having a business plan does not translate to not having a plan at all. Exactly. You know, you need to have a well-articulated plan, you know, uh, of, of course, making money because, mm. I mean, um, I mean, we're in business and, we, I mean, and we're here to make money and we're quite unambiguous about that, mm. you know. So you have to have a plan. You know, but it does not mean that you have to sit down and formalize the plan and go through great lengths in order to make sure that, you know, the plan works. You can do research, you know, back up your, back up your thinking, back up your plan, but it does not really mean, um, that you necessarily need to have, um, I mean, a business plan. And then the other thing that we did, um, so we didn't have a formal business plan, Mm -hmm. but we had a solid plan, Mm -hmm. a well, a well documented plan, you know, of how to carry out, um, certain things in the business to make sure that we're revenue positive, you know, um, and also in terms of people involvement, we made sure that it was just the co-founders that were involved, the Mm -hmm. people, the the people that understand the vision, the people who can drive the vision, you know, um, the last thing you need at that point is to get derailed by someone other, someone else's either lack of vision sure. or misunderstanding. Yeah. Uh, and, and I hear that. It's a really good point. Yeah. So you have to get people who have, have actually bought into uh, into the vision. So, um, I mean, after doing that, then what we made sure that was um, essentially in place um, is to put out an MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, an MVP is, is a minimum viable product. Yep. You know, you need to you need to make sure that you put that um, in the hands of potential customers. Yeah, and you know, they might they might not be the ultimate revenue paying customers or fee paying customers, but they're potential customers. Give it to them, trial it out and go back to the drawing and board. And gather as much feedback as get possible. Get as much feedback as pos- as practically possible. Go back to the drawing board, tweak a little bit, and then ultimately then go to your fee paying customer. Now when you go to your fee paying customer, it's quite essential um of course that in addition to your MVP, which has now been tweaked a bit um, and much more comprehensive in response to the client's needs. How, how many iterations did you have? Have you had? Uh, I mean, reali- realistically, well, look, um, what are people expecting? Yeah, this, I mean, there, there's been quite a few of iterations that we've had and we continue to iterate. I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's really the nature of what we do because remember, we went out with a sufficiently refined MVP, although when we launched, we're still rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's mm-hmm. absolutely no doubt about that. But I mean, a big bang approach certainly is, is, I mean, it's something that's very, very, very costly sometimes because you'll find that you've, you know, you've built features which take time and money. You've built features that people don't even use. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's quite important that what is it that you're selling, you know, and, 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 and how quickly can you sell it? It's the AD20 rule, right? Exactly. Yep. You know, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, um, that's really essentially what we, um, what you've done. So, in this journey, what you also would have discovered is that there are some things that you didn't need. 
yes. that you didn't need to do that pre- either cost you a lot of time or a lot of money. What were the, some of the things that you that you guys struggled with, or, or rather struggled with that you that you got involved with that you probably shouldn't have re- in retrospect? Um, we did a, well, look. We did avoid some of the things that we didn't need, mm-hmm. uh, and we still don't need. And uh, which is what? Uh, like for instance, we wanted to make sure that our needs as, 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 uh, sorry, the business needs, which is essentially what the customer would want, because remember, um, we are a, um, <coughs> a, a B2B, mm. uh, uh, company, business to business, you know, so our, our, our clients are businesses. So we, we then wanted to make sure that, you know, their needs are, I mean, are sufficiently understood by IT. So most, most, I mean, most companies will normally use the services of a, a, a business analyst, mm. which is someone that sits in between mm. to interpret what business needs and then obviously just feedback that to, uh, uh, to IT and IT will obviously work on the solution that meets the needs of, um, of, I mean, of business. You know, we thought we needed that and, uh, we knew very well that, okay, well, we have to translate these needs into, into actionable products, into actionable features. But later on, we discovered that look, I mean, look, we do, I mean, we don't really need this, and we still don't need it now because the relationship between between myself as uh, I mean, as a as a as a CA in the business or the business person in the business, and 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 Eugene, who is the IT person in the business, I mean, we've got a very a very very good relationship, mutual respect for each other, and we are able to um, we are able to um, to really understand that. Each other very well mm. in terms of what's what's needed, you know, and what has to be done in order to make sure that we, we earn revenue. Because remember, it's all about earning revenue at the end of the day. Hey, mm. I'm yeah. I'm wondering, uh, and perhaps you can give some thoughts to this. We hadn't chatted about uh, about this at all, really. But if you're in a situation where you're a solopreneur sure. of sorts, mm-hmm. you don't have, in your case, you've got Eugene, mm-hmm. who is your your really, as you said, a technic the technical side of the business. You're much more business side. If you're either sitting in a technical space or you have a great business idea, but you're a solopreneur, you don't have these individuals. Where do you go? How do you how do you find someone like that? Uh, just a thought or two on that. Has it ever been asked to you? Your, yeah. Yours is easy because you you grew you, you met each other in a different environment. Yeah, well, look, uh, it wasn't entirely easy. I have to be honest with you, um, because you have to court people. You know, uh, and to quote the fo- a co-founder is, uh, is not an easy process. Mm. I have to be honest with you. Um, it took me a year and a half almost to get to the ultimate co-founder, you know, um, to work with because like I said before, it is a marriage, you know, and you have to be very, very, very delicate in, mm. in, in, I mean, in how you move about that process, um, in quoting a, 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 a co-founder. But in, in a year and a half though, I mean, you can miss an opportunity in that though. But you have to get it right. Mm. That's, I mean, that's quite important because it just affects a lot of things, you know. So you'd rather, um, there's an ex-colleague of mine who said that you'd rather make a bad deal with a good person than mm. a good deal with a bad person. Okay, excellent. You know, um, so, 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 so the process of choosing someone to go into business with, it's, it needs to be a meticulous process and one that's carefully thought through because it can be disastrous mm. you know so if you are a, a a solopreneur for instance i think it's quite important if you cannot get to a co-founder or or a business partner i think it's quite important that you have a, a sounding board or a board of advisors or people that you call i mean people that you call upon you know for i mean for advice um 
And also those people who obviously guide you in the right direction as long as they believe in it and they're willing to back you. So you don't have to have, but I think it, you know, I mean, I think it's quite important because uh, diverse opinions are quite important. Absolutely. In, I mean, in, you need multiple views. Exactly. Don't you? you need multiple views. So what are the views that you would pick if you could pick a, a board of, of either advisors or, or just a whole bunch of mentors? What are the, the, the three or four different views that you would want to have in your business? Fortunately, you've got a, a very strong financial back, background. Sure. So finance would be one of mine, the pillars. Yes. Uh, you've got a very strong technical individual in Eugene. Sure. Uh, what are the other elements that you would pull, put around the table when you're trying to make decisions? What are those views that you need? Yeah, I think it's quite important to also, uh, I mean, in, in making that decision, I think it's quite important to have an intimate understanding of your business model and what your business is about. Okay. Because you'll obviously so before we even have the conversation. Yes, you know, because let's say, for instance, you're not in a, a, um, <clears throat> in a tech business. You wouldn't want someone who's... Um, is, is good in IT, for instance, because mm. it doesn't make sense in your business. So I think it's quite important to have an intimate understanding of your business model, and 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 what your product or service is all about. For instance, with us having strong IT backing or someone who has an intimate knowledge of I mean of of, of IT is quite important mm. because remember we we're a tech business, you know. But also when we when we when we started dropping people in, you know, into I mean into the company, we had to make sure that we understood what we were about. Right? Remember that our digital platform in essence is a fusion of IT business or consulting and also recruitment mm. because before people become part of our of our of our network of professionals and experts they need to be vetted yeah there's a vetting process exactly absolutely. so 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 the next important thing is obviously to make sure that we have someone who's very very strong you know um in in the in the in the human capital or recruitment space and hence we brought in um Lerato Manaka you know, uh, who's previously been with, um, I mean, with your uh, Michael Page and Deloitte and so forth, mm. you know, uh, in that particular space. Because also remember that for us to make a sale that gives us money, there has to be someone who is a professional or a consultant. We have to allocate that someone to a client. Now we have to allocate that someone to a client using IT. Mm. So then we, we understood very well that this is our business model and this is how our business model has actually manifested itself. And in order to make sure that we get to the customer, remember it's all about revenue, remember it's all about revenue. So in order to make sure that we get to a fee paying customer, these are the most important pillars in our business. And it's quite important that we find people who are very, very strong in this certain pillars so that we get to, um, a, a revenue positive position. So tell me, I, I, <clears throat> I don't know if it was a slip of the tongue or if it was just the way that you had positioned it, but just tell me, did, did this, did the, these pillars reveal themselves or did you identify them pre, is pre essentially pre-launch or pre-development? Uh, no, no, it was definitely something that we've identified pre-launch. Pre, okay. You know, because we understood our business. Yes. You know, we understood what our business is well, about. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me put a little caveat. You yeah. thought you understood your business, right? <laughs> because sometimes you, yeah. you, you think you do, but you, mm. it actually reveals, something else reveals itself later. And where this comes from is actually here at Cliff Central, mm. there was a very wise individual over in the States that they were, sure. they, they were talking to. And what happened there was that they had said in 
the first year you, you struggle through your business and you're excited. The second year is a real struggle because now you're trying to figure out where you're going to be making sure. money. And the third year is actually the year that you discover what you are really doing, the, the value yeah. that you really offer. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and, and maybe just to put it differently, um, understanding your business is, 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 is almost incremental as opposed to, um, radical. Mm. You know, um, it does not happen overnight or you never, you never have a aha moment, you know, but it's a, it takes a process of iterations in order to actually get there. And when you get there, you might find that something that was correct six months ago no longer applies mm. and it's absolutely wrong six months after. Yeah, and, and, and it worked for so, that phase. Exactly. So our understanding back then is completely different to now. And now we on uh, a completely, completely, completely different position. And we still think we understand our business. We'd like to believe that we understand mm-hmm. our business, but it's quite important that we understand our business. So we continue to learn, you know, continue to iterate all the time, you know, but that in itself will help us get to our ultimate position. So w- when you're confronted with a situation where you don't actually know what to do, mm-hmm. uh, almost a position perhaps of, of failure, what do you instinctively do? What do you do with Eugene? How do you guys face that together? Okay, um, very very interesting question, and thanks for and and, and and thank you very much for asking the question. Actually, we had our um, <clears throat> we we just had a co-founders meeting earlier this morning, and and uh, uh, we come across things that we don't know, but I think it's quite important, and maybe that's and 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 maybe that's what I would like to instill also in um, I mean in my team is the fact that if you don't know. Be comfortable to actually be br- and be brave enough to do it to the best of your ability. Put your best foot forward. Get it. Because d- remember, we've never done this before. Mm. You know. So 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 we so now I'm what I'm trying to do is to make sure that the entire team is comfortable with making mistakes, because if you don't make mistakes, you don't learn. Mm. It's as simple as that. And 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 fear and innovation, unfortunately, does not go hand in hand. The, the, so, but uh, I, I hear you saying it's not it's not as it's as simple as that. But it, sometimes, um, and let me let me paraphrase uh, Gil Ovid, mm. one of the the, sh- the dragons in yeah. dragons and Shark Tank sharks, yes, where, yes. where he describes mm. he would rather be yeah and creative council exactly mm. co CEO there. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, the way what he would do is if he was given the opportunity to invest in in two different people one never had making mistakes or never had failed in business and one that had he would rather choose the person that, that had failed. failed yeah so that that sounds nice on the surface mm. well, it sounds nice when when someone is saying uh, well we we love risk taking and failure in our business but there's a there's a line that has to be drawn surely yeah sure definitely there has i mean there has to be a line that um, i mean that needs to be drawn and hence i say that if you do it and you're unsure, make sure that you do it to the best of your ability. Put your best foot forward, mm. you know. And um, if it turns out to be incorrect, then be comfortable and fluid enough to actually learn from that mistake. Mm. Because to to make a mistake, you learn. There's an opportunity to actually learn, but to repeat a mistake, you know, yep. that's actually quite bad. Exactly. You know, so, so, so hence that Silicon Valley thinking or mentality of saying that I would invest in people who have failed before mm. <laughs> sometimes does actually hold water. So let's round the conversation up. Let, let's pull it, pull this all together. We're chasing profit. Sure. The first, uh, our first uh, pillar or port of call is revenue. 
Mm. So you want to be revenue positive as quickly as possible. Yeah. You you guys were able to, through what you've shared today, yeah. achieve that in four, in, months. in four months. Sure. Which is a really impressive yeah. uh, impressive feat. Sure. The, the, the next step is then profit. Yeah. What do you see? How do you see yourself generating the profit that you want to be generating going forward? What are some yeah. of the steps that you need to implement over the next short period? All right. I think, um, I mean, uh, I don't want to be rude in saying this, but chasing profit sometimes is, is, I mean, it's almost, especially in the first, first five years, I'll, 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 I'll think that it's short sighted. You know, especially if you're in it for, I mean, for the long term. I think growth is much more important, which, which was actually a question or rather a comment that one of your uh, listeners had. Yeah, profit you know, to or, say that, or growth. Yeah, profit or growth, you know, and, 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 and most companies who are obsessed with scaling and obviously making an impact, you know, they focus on growth mm. rather than, I mean, rather than, um, I mean, rather than making profit, you know, Amazon made losses for the longest time, mm. you know, um, yeah, and, to position uh, themselves for to, the profit, to, yeah, to position themselves for, I mean, for, I mean, for profits, you know, it was all about making sure that you cement growth, you solidify your position, you scale. Once you scale, you are going to basically, you, you are going to essentially find ways of monetizing the scale. That you've reached, you know. So, and we, we, we. I mean, we certainly believe that, you know, for us, it's, it's essentially about growth. But making sure that obviously there's money in the business, which is why we aim for, um, aim for revenue. You know, we aggressively pursue revenue, so that there's money in the business. But then, in terms of, um, in terms of profitability, it's not something that we chase quite aggressively. You know, we understand obviously that. Uh, <coughs> We need to be prof- um, profitable at some, I mean, at, I mean, at some stage, mm. but uh, we're lucky in that we don't have the pressure as well from I mean, from external shareholders exerting that pressure f- on, on us to be uh, um, uh, profitable. Uh, I think we're fortunate in that regard. But for us, it's more—I mean, it's more about scale. It's more—it's more about growth. And once you've—and um, once you've reached—and um, once you've reached sufficient scale, then you can build a lot of bus- business models mm. around that scale. Yeah. You know, because yeah, I mean, there's going to be multiple revenue opportunities. Exactly. And then that—that that really equals multiple. Uh, multiple profit taking opportunities exactly yeah. which which sometimes aren't necessarily the main uh, the that original idea that you had thought was going to generate your because, profit yeah because we pivot yeah you know uh, well, well you not only pivot but yeah. y- you also add the revenue stream yes. and you allow then one one part of the business yeah. to to run the business mm. and then you, you you use the other parts of the business to profit yeah we 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 um we certainly believe that um we need to build um, we need to build uh, for scale, have whatever we've built engaged, mm-hmm. and once we ha- we have whatever we've built engaged, then build uh, business models um, on on I mean, on top of that. Sally, you're one of the founders of Linked Pro. You guys are doing a really really good com- a really really good job. Uh, we appreciate you coming in and sharing some of the the blueprint that you have used in your business to first generate revenue and then move on to generating profits. Uh, we're going to have to wrap up at that uh, at this point. We're, but thank you, thank you so very much for your time. Sure, thanks very much for having me. Hey, appreciate this future CEO's conversation was proudly brought to you by Coronation. Ups, downs, good days, bad days. Since Coronation started 25 years ago, through the highs and lows, they work every day to make your money work for you. Coronation, trust is earned. A lot can happen in a day. A lot has happened since the day Coronation started 25 years ago. The first democratic election in 94, rugby champions in 95, 
Two Nobel Peace Prize winners, one indomitable Nkozi Johnson, but there was also the 2008 crash and global recession. Then, what a day when we kicked off the World Cup. South Africans united, we pushed on and believed. Unbelievable, unbelievable. From the day Coronation started, through the highs and the lows, we worked every day to earn your trust and make your money work for you. To invest your money today, visit coronation.com. Coronation. Trust is earned. Coronation is an authorized financial services provider and approved manager of collective investment schemes. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com.